All right, Growing Up, Big Horse to Warrior by Tiana Big Horse, uh, page nine. Uh, when a Navo meets a Navo, the first thing asked is, what clan are you? This is the way relationship goes. There are different clans. Some of them are related. If you're related, you can call each other father or cousin or grandpa or grandma or brother or sister or uncle. When you meet somebody, you don't say hi my name is instead you say I come from this place and then you tell them your clan and they will say I'm the same clan or my father is the same clan and then you call them by how they are related to you not by their name my father knows lots of people all over the reservation we go mostly in the summertime to visit I know all of the names of the places and I know how far it is to go over to each place my father talks with his relatives about how they can share the field to plant. They sit up and talk all night. I keep myself awake to hear what they are talking about. They tell stories about how we came to this world and how the clan started separating. They have lots to tell and how you could be a good hunter and how you could make a hogan and take care of horses. You have to take care of your horses and keep them fat and healthy so you can go a long way without any trouble. My father used to tell me how to take good care of the horses. If you have three or four horses, you don't ride one horse all the way. You have to have an extra one to take turns to ride. And about being a good hunter, you can use the head and skin of the deer to disguise yourself. Page 10. That way you can get near the deer to kill it. I think the most wonderful place the Navajo have is many farms in Farmington too, I think. If I ever get married, I will live in Farmington. This is the place I pick out when I am 12 years old. I think my father will be with me all my life and that he will find a girl for me around that area. I realize later I am wrong. Instead, my father gets killed there and I have to think about the place all my life. We often go to Farmington in the summer. There's lots of corn. It grows about six feet tall. There are lots of watermelon, pumpkins, and cantaloupe, and apples, and peaches. My father has clan relatives that live there. Whenever it is time for us to go, they pack our horses with lots of goodies. We pack four horses, but we still don't get everything on the horse. We go there every summer, and sometimes my mom goes with us. When the corn is ready to eat, my mother helps me make a kneel-down bread. She grinds the fresh corn, and they use corn husks, and they roll the corn in them and put them in the ground to cook. And when they take them out, they just chop them up and put them in the sun to dry. Then they can save them for the winter. <clears throat> and then they fix the corn another way to use in the winter. They cook corn on the cob, cook them in the charcoal, cook them on the charcoal, and they dry them and use them for winter too. They boil them when they need them. They cook lots of them and cut them and put them in the sun to dry. And then they fix the peaches the same way. They all dry all these for winter food. My father already taught me how to plant. We help our clan relatives plant watermelon, corn, and cantaloupe. There is there's water for irrigation and the crops are really good. When I am 16 years old, we live near Mount Taylor. One day I go to the mountain to hunt for food, rabbits, berries, wild potatoes, and there are wild onions too. Page 11. Are busy at home in the afternoon I return with the food I find my parents laying there they look like they've been murdered by someone that came 
along. I see horse tracks around and some blood on the horse track. I, it looks like they tried to shoot back with bows and arrows. I think they wounded or killed too. It looks like those guys took the wounded back on the horse. So I just sit down and think about what a terrible thing happened and why it happened and who did it. I just sit down for a long time and think about it. And everything is still there that they were working on like silver that my mother was working on and the saddle and bridle my father was making all those are all there the killers didn't rob them so i just think about burying them i start to dig right there and i'm in great sorrow i just bury both of them with all their work the saddle and everything i bury with them i'm just really upset about all these things i had never thought of losing both parents at the same time and I sit down and think about it and why and how it happened. If I had been there, I would have been killed too. It's a good thing I took off. That way I didn't get killed. But maybe if I stayed with my parents, maybe they wouldn't get killed. I wished I could have saved them, I think to myself. This is the way it is when they say you're poor. I think to myself, now I'm poor. Now I understand what it is to be poor. Nobody had ever talked to me about this, so I had... So I just have to think about it myself. If somebody don't have nothing, that don't mean they're poor. If you lose both your mom and dad, that means you're poor. So I pick up leftover arrows and bows and I think where to go. I just leave them there and I go to the mountain to see if I can survive somewhere. I think as long as I can stand on my own two feet or on my two feet, I can keep going forward. And if I survive someday, Maybe I will be happy again and tell the stories of page 12 is a picture of Manilito. So page 13 at the top. What happened in the past and what hardship I went through. So I just leave for the mountain to meet somebody to tell me what's going on. When I get to the mountain, I hear someone, some talking way up in the woods. I go up there. It's the Navajos. I'm really surprised. What had happened to me was what had happened to them. They had lost their mothers, their aunts, and their relatives and come up here too. And there's some warriors already here. They have news that the enemy is coming. The enemy is some soldiers from Washington. They want to get our land. That's why they're killing all these Navajos. They tell me the soldiers chopped all the corn and peaches down and burned them. They tell me that my father's relatives got killed trying to stop them, protecting the corn and peaches. I got nobody to tell what happened to my parents. The relatives of my father don't know about my parents' death. They too got killed. I got no relatives to go to. It is really heartache i how i love that place and how the crops grew i had always had been willing to help plant somebody don't have any love to destroy the crops and to burn the mother earth i am thinking about my parents mostly i really don't want to fight but i'm thinking that i have to fight for my land my parents and myself i don't want the enemy to capture me or kill me i don't want to die in a prison i think to myself I want to be a brave warrior like my father taught me. And pretty soon, lots more men are coming up the mountain. Some are elderly men, some are old men. They talk to me like my father. They tell me to be brave. It is hard for me to think about killing, but there is a chief. His name is Chilhajine. 
They call him Manuelito. He tells us to fight for our land. He really cares about his own people. He wants them all safe. He wants them to be in their own land. Soon I feel like fighting along with him. And that's what we did finally. We started and it was hard to do, but we did it. Somebody told us more Calvary's, page 14, will be coming and more killing going on. Instead of waiting to get killed, we start to make bow and arrows. And pretty soon we are joining bands to fight. fight. The bow and arrows are hard to make. You have to use special bushes for the arrows, straight ones and all the same length. You have to cut a whole bunch of them and put them in the wet sand. And the next day you have to straighten it and use a rock and sand it down. Then, when it is still wet, you have to use your teeth. Chew it to toughen it, the whole thing up to the end. This brush, this bush will make, that makes the arrow is called, I can't say it, see, I can't say it, hardwood. And you have to have an eagle feather, one feather for each arrow. If you split the feather and use the tree gum to make it, uh, to make it stick, and you make an arrowhead with some kind of metal then you put designs on the stick on one side you put a lightning with four zigzag points this is for the enemy to be shot on the other side you make a straight line going through this is for the warrior <clears throat> it's like a safe path at the base right next to the feather you put four stripes each one a different color white blue yellow black Therefore, the warrior to safety from all directions. Next, you put mountain lion fat or bear fat on the arrow. This is to poison the person you shoot. The bow is made of oak tree. You have to straighten it out, clear all the branches off, and make it smooth, then put it in the ground. When it is still wet, curve it to make a bow. Then sand it with a rock. The oak holds the curve real good that's why we use it it has to be tough to shoot real far and we make a little gap at the top to hold the bowstring we use horse hide or cow hide or deer hide to make the bowstring horse hide is the one that is really tough to make a bowstring that it makes a bowstring that don't break page 15 and you have to wear the bow guard. If you're not wearing it, it will hurt your hand shooting. That's why all the men always have one on their wrist. Any kind of hide is good for that. Also, to carry the arrows, you have to make a quiver. So when you start shooting, you can just pull the arrows out fast. The arrows are not heavy. You carry 30 or 40. Your finger and arms have to be strong too. We all have to make ourselves strong to stand with our bows and arrows against the enemy's guns. <clears throat> The older men teach the young boys to make bows and arrows to hunt for oak trees and hard tough bushes in the mountains to hunt the animals for the hides and we put bands of warriors on the highest peak or mesa or mountain so they can see the enemy come through. After the cavalry chop and burn down the crops, the soldiers go to the Navajo Hogans. They tell the families to go to Tsehotso, Fort Defiance, to get their free food. That's how they gather all the people at Fort Defiance. But some of the families hide, and some are found by the cavalry and are killed right there. Sometimes just the, man, the, men, just the man is killed trying to protect the family, and the cavalry takes the family and sheep over there to the fort. 
The warriors don't want to go to Fort Defiance. They just stay in the mountains and fight for their land. Fort Defiance was built by the white soldiers. The soldiers just stay inside the fort and the horses are outside. No fence around it. The soldiers have lots of horses and they order us Navajos to keep our horses away from their pasture land. Manuelito is very angry about this because there is no fence around the pasture. It is really hard to keep our horses away from there. One morning, some soldiers ride out of the fort and shoot all the horses in the pasture land. Our chief gets real mad. We love our horses more than anything, you know. These are our only tame horses. The soldiers had already shot other wild horses. 16 is a picture of Fort Defiance in page 17 around the water hold. But these were our trained horses. We used them almost every day. Manilito tells us to round up the horses that belong to the white soldiers so we go over there to capture a few horses we think we are going to take just their horses in exchange for what they shot of ours but the white soldiers start shooting at us we have they have their guns we only have bows and arrows and old mexican guns we shoot at each other and some navajos get killed and some white soldiers get killed we take off again and go to our hiding place after this happens. We are there for nearly three weeks when a messenger runner tells us that there are more soldiers coming to the fort. Manuelito knew that this was what they were going to do. Send to Washington for some more soldiers. They start attacking us and other small bands of warriors, so we gather more warriors in the mountains. By next February... There are lots of warriors on the mountain, maybe a thousand on the mountain. Manuelito takes 500 to attack the fort on three sides. It is early in the morning when it is still dark. The soldiers, if they're looking out, they can't see us. There are about 500 warriors all together, but we split into groups. Each group has more than 100 warriors. Our warriors just pour down like hail on that fort. Chief Manuelito is with us. Chief Barbancito, too. They set the fire they set fire to on the building. The soldiers don't really come after us. They're too busy putting out the fire. While it is still dark, we take off to our hiding place and the next morning the company of cavalry is sent to Chushkahe, the Chushka Mountains, in search of Manilito's warriors. They ride through Red Rock Country but can't find us anywhere. All this time we are looking for them at the top of Tse. Chi, I think, be near the red rock where the wind comes around it. Um, and that is the end of the story called Growing Up. Um, make sure you do your graphic organizer and turn it into me.